Welcome to Badass Mind and Body. I'm your host, Jesse Wallace, also known as The Bubbly Badass. As a fitness professional, my goal is to empower you through an inspiring message, share intentional conversations with guests, and give you educational tips on how to optimize your lifestyle through a holistic approach to fitness and wellness. My mission is to help you understand how to connect and build a badass mind and body. Let's get to work. badass mind and body crew it's your girl jesse wallace over here to give you a solo podcast episode today today we are diving into the forms of recovery we have long-term recovery short-term recovery and my favorite active recovery and recovery is so important for our body and i know a lot of you guys listening you work out a lot you move your body a lot And recovery is so important, not only for our physical health, but for everything in between, mental health especially, the other piece of the Mind Body podcast. So today I'm going to dive a little bit into my own story of how I have made mistakes. So trust me, I have gained some experience learning the hard way, and that's why I'm here to pass on some advice and share some of my research on how to do it the right way, recover the right way. So for me personally... Uh, It was back when I was 22, 23. I was working out so hard. Man, I miss having that much energy that I had. I felt truly invincible. I was so proud of myself for going to the gym 16 days in a row. I was like, look at me working out 16 days in a row, everyone. Like, this is cool. This is fun. I love working out. And that's the thing with a lot of us fitness gurus or people that work in the fitness industry. We love working out. It's just fun for us. I know some of y'all think we're crazy understandably. But for us, it's fun. And we get kind of that high from working out. And I was having a lot of fun during that time until my body started to work against me. I was mainly focused on lifting back then. And then I started to implement kickboxing. And then I started to do two-a-days. Ooh, two-a-days. And I went to a place called Hotbox Fitness, which is where I work now. But at the time, I would do my own strength workout, and then I would come over to Hotbox and take a kickboxing class, sometimes back-to-back, sometimes a few hours apart. And that was a lot on my body because not only was I doing that, but I was going as hard as I can in both activities. Was I eating properly in between? Probably not. Was I hydrating properly in between? Probably not. But again, I was 22, 23. You don't feel much until it hits you like a brick, which is what happens later. Spoiling the ending there, but yeah. (laughs) And as it continues, I started to get really into barbell training, powerlifting. So then I started to eagle lift. I wanted to see what I could do. I was having fun with it. I wasn't really following direction or following programming, anything like that at the time. I just was doing it solely for fun and, and experimenting and seeing what was working. One day, there wasn't really a specific lift I was doing. I I was just warming up a back squat. I was straight up just warming up. And my whole back just locks up, locks up, could barely move. And it was, ooh, it was painful and just so stiff. Everything was so stiff. Even my joints and body was achy during that time. And I didn't really know what was going on until I saw a physical therapist. And basically, they explained that I had done too much too fast. And what that means is I wasn't doing a progressive overload. 
Now, progressive overload is really important when it comes to training, whether you're doing endurance training, whether you're doing strength training. It's important to slowly implement weights and slowly implement movements the amount of days that you do in your regimen. So progressive overload, let's say we start off lifting three days a week. Three days a week, three rounds of three different movements. We got nine movements total. And each week you might add either the amount of reps you do in a given movement, the amount of sets you do, or the intensity you might change it to like a tempo, uh, tempo squat or something like that. And then with running or endurance training, it's you might add on a little more mileage or more sprints, whatever it is that you're working towards. So a progressive overload, you want to gradually add on to those things in a smart manner. And then you have something called a deload. So in a deload, after about four to six weeks of a training block of a progressive overload, you pull back maybe anywhere between 30 to 40%. You're still going through the motions of going through a squat, a bench, um, a hinge movement, lunges, etc. But you're just not doing them with as much weight or for as many rounds just the, you're bringing that intensity down so your body can recover, which we're going to dive into that here shortly. So for me, I was not doing any of that. And I had just, I built the skill and I was like, I want to see all I can do right now, right away. And it did cause an injury. And so since I wasn't recovering, my body had to take about six weeks off of doing movements that I loved. I had to learn how to pull back, how to go back to more mobility training, banded training, just staying light and gentle on my body, getting gentle movement in, but nothing intense, nothing intense. So my body could make up for that lost time of recovery. So all of that to say, I'm here to pass on information so that you guys don't have to go through what I went through, or if you're in the middle of it now, maybe we can stop it in its tracks and get you on track with these recovery tips. So first things first, let's talk about short-term recovery. So short-term recovery here, short-term recovery is about what you do after your workout on the day of and in between your next one. So it's more the short-term aspect of recovery. Important things to be on the lookout for is are you hydrating enough? And hydrating isn't just water. Are you having magnesium, potassium, sodium along with your water so that your body is truly hydrated? Are you eating after your workouts? Are you eating enough protein? And you guys know I love to talk about sleep. Are you getting your seven to eight hours of sleep? Because fun fact, we work our muscles in the gym and we have micro tears in our muscles when we are working out, we get those micro tears. But when we're working out, that's not when we're building the muscle itself. We build our muscles in the recovery process. And that's why sleep is important. Recovery is important. Eating your protein is important. So our bodies can recover, grow muscle, get stronger, and get towards the goals that we're working towards. And that does, yes, include fat loss. If that is your goal, that also includes that. Because if you're under recovering, as I'll, I'll note later, that can also cause weight gain. But when it comes to short-term recovery, it's just something to keep note of is how are you taking care of your body in between your workouts? Long-term recovery is more focused on 
the cycles and seasons of life. So maybe you did a training block 12 to 16 weeks or you take workout classes. And it's just something to note that if you take workout classes, this does apply to you as well. And sometimes life will force us to deload. You go on a vacation, you get hectic with work, you don't make as many workouts. Yeah, life can force you to deload. And so you're not going as hard in your workouts that week because maybe instead of doing four workouts, you're doing one or two. And that's okay as well. Just allow that moment in your time. Just think of it as a deload. Like, okay, this week I have to focus my energy elsewhere. I have stress from work or from family. I need to focus on this area, this bucket of stress, and then my body can recover. But I do understand that working out also helps with the mental stress of dealing with it all as well. So not here to fully knock it, just here to help you gauge it in a different perspective next time that you're bummed that you can't make a whole week of your workouts. But if you use that excuse every time, then that might start to trickle other habits. So, you know, just it's a slippery slope. So be careful with that one. Diving back into long-term recovery though. So on a 12-week cycle, you maybe have a competition or you're running a marathon and you need some long, you need, excuse me, you need some recovery after that period of time where you take a week off or a few days off after your big meet. If you do anything, it is super, super light and super, super low intensity. Maybe it's just a gentle yoga flow. You need your body to recover. If you were to go from one marathon to the next and continue to do that without having quite some time to recover, again, that can just put you at risk for injury or also to underperform. So another negative effect of Another negative effect of under-recovering is something called overtraining syndrome. And overtraining syndrome affects roughly about 60% of elite athletes and about 30% of non-elite endurance athletes. The negative effects of overtraining syndrome include increased body fat, a higher risk of dehydration, lower libido, mood disturbances, mood swings, you name it. And once overtraining syndrome sets in, it can be very difficult to reverse. Hence why I said you might have to force yourself like I did to recover for six weeks. And people who overtrain have trouble with performance and maybe the weights that they were once able to push, they can't push now much more. And they may even be getting tired and, and, get burned out of either their sport or the activities that they're doing that maybe they once enjoyed. So their whole body is feeling fatigued. Now it's even causing some mental fatigue too and mental burnout and lack of interest in what they usually enjoy. And then we have my final one that I love to talk about is active recovery. So active recovery is more about increase of blood circulation within the body. So that includes your foam rolling, your massages, Uh, yoga flow, gentle yoga flow, nothing too crazy over there, a Pilates class, walking, jogging, swimming, and something that's low intensity on the body. Cycling could even be okay. And light weightlifting. So if you're doing weightlifting, you're bringing it down 30 to 40% less than you usually would, similar to a deload, but it's kind of like a deload day for active recovery where you're just getting some circulation in the body. Nothing too crazy and nothing that will 
will be detrimental to the long-term recovery. So active recovery can help with the short-term recovery and the long-term recovery. So it's kind of all encompassed into one thing. So I talk about all of this to just consider of the moments in your life that when you've been maybe irritable or you've even experienced something like insomnia, trouble sleeping, like how intense and crazy are your workouts? Are you recovering enough? Are you having trouble sleeping because you work out every single day? That could be an issue with your cortisol, which I'll have someone else come on here and talk more about cortisol and overtraining in terms of how it affects the hormones because it does affect the hormones and can cause a lot of other symptoms than just physical aches and pains in our body. And speaking of, that's another thing too, is if you are constantly sore all of the time, you are not recovering enough. You are probably overtraining and you're probably not recovering enough. So now that we kind of have a basis of the short-term, long-term, and active recovery, you can see how they all work together. And when we focus on not just how hard we go in the workouts, but we also create the lifestyle that our body needs outside of the workouts, then we can have more optimal results for what we're actually moving towards. So that's where sleep is super important, getting your seven to eight hours of sleep, fueling after your workouts, getting your carbs, your protein after a workout and the electrolytes, like I mentioned earlier. The foundations of recovery are free. We don't need to go and buy a bunch of crazy products. Check your foundations first. Check your pillars of recovery and see where you are with that. What can you adjust in your lifestyle And what can you adjust when it comes to showing up for your workouts? You also need to know what type of person you are when it comes to working out. So what I mean by this is, are you someone that goes hard every single class? You're all in, all at it. You're the type of person that probably needs to dial back a little bit or learn to tap into your body. And when it tells you, hey, we need to dial back. Then if you're someone that maybe has trouble sticking to a regimen, you're someone that maybe if you feel a little fatigue on a given day, you should still at least show up to the workout, see how you feel, try to push it a little bit. And if it doesn't feel any better, then yeah, that's your sign. Okay, today wasn't your day to work out. But oftentimes we need to just create that habit. If we kind of use, oh, I need to recover, I need to recover so much that we don't even stick to a regimen, that's another problem within itself. And when it comes to stress, just a quick reminder, I talked about this a little bit in the intro episode, but stress on the body also not just includes our physical stress, but also Are we sleeping? How are we eating? Because under eating can also be an extra stress on the body. And when we manage our stress and manage our relationships and surrounding ourselves with a healthy people, a healthy environment, they all start to work together that we can show up better for our workouts and have more fun in our workouts too, rather than feeling burned out or feeling like, oh, I have to do this again. And we're kind of forcing ourselves to work out rather than enjoying it. And that's another thing that I just want to tackle on at the quick at the end of this episode is always do workouts that you can adhere to and that you enjoy. If you're bouncing from one workout to the next and you're not really following a regimen, the whole mixing it up thing that we see on Instagram, oh, you need to mix it up. Your body needs to be surprised. No, actually, your body doesn't need to be surprised and needs to follow a 
program, it needs to follow a progressive overload with deloads in it. And again, after about 12 weeks, maybe you switch up your regimen a little bit, you tweak some things in it. But mixing it up all the time won't help you get the results that you want. And being sore all the time is just going to work against you. Soreness is not always a measure of progress. In fact, when you're following a regimen, you might be sore that first week you start, maybe even the second, but by the third and fourth, you shouldn't be as sore. I personally don't get that sore unless I go and do something that I haven't done in a long time or if I'm not sleeping enough. I always feel a little aches and pains and have a little bit of a headache when I don't sleep enough because life happens. But I'm not here to say I'm perfect, but I do try to manage these things to my the best of my ability. And when I have this knowledge, it helps me have power within my body to listen to it. Because when we listen to our bodies, overall, the big takeaway that I want you guys to have from this podcast today is to really realize that knowledge is power. Following a regimen and progressive overload is also power. <laughs> Taking care of yourself is vital to the getting the results you want and, and enjoying your workouts long term and not feeling so burned out all the time. And then your moods will also feel better because it's all one big trickle effect when it comes to recovery. And then you will optimally see the workouts faster because doing more in a quicker period of time doesn't always give you the long-term results you want. It's like doing a crash diet. You can't go and work out seven days expecting quick results. You can't quick results because then when you do those yo-yo diets and yo-yo workouts, you're not ha- you're not allowing your body to adjust and have the long-term positive experience and positive effects of working out. So on a given day, what is something that you can assess to know if you need a rest day or if you need to go and show up for that workout. Well, if your body's feeling fatigued more than normal, that might be a sign to take a rest day. If you have unexplained or decrease in performance, so maybe the last few days you've just truly been underperforming or even in this case like undersleeping, which is causing the underperforming, you may need a rest day or an active recovery day, going on a walk instead, doing something low intensity rather than high intensity. Having any musculoskeletal aches and pains are indicators of overuse and stress on the body. And other indicators can include agitation, moodiness, sleeplessness, like I mentioned earlier, the insomnia, poor appetite, increased illness, feelings of stress, and depression. And for some people, when they're under high stress, they can have a huge appetite. Some people have more of a loss of appetite. It's a little bit different for everyone. For me, I get a really big appetite when my body is really stressed or I might crave like more carbs or whatever. And then other signs that just to keep a note that if you notice that these have a trend, Um, Over time, this may be a sign that you might need a rest day or take a few rest days or more active recovery days as needed. These indicators of agitation, moodiness, sleeplessness, a poor appetite, increased illness, getting sick a lot, 
um, feelings of stress and even depression. And I have seen witness this not only in myself, but in also other people that I know that have gone really hard in the gym and have also had to learn the hard way. I've seen all these things happen. I've seen people get sick like every single month because they're not taking rest days, things like that. That's why this stuff is super important. It's really just having that check-in with your body, learning what works for you. You are your own advocate. You know your body better than anyone else does. You can ask someone else all day, should I work out? Should I not? But it's you that knows your body better than anyone. And don't give away that power to anyone else. You live in your body and you have to stay in it. So remember that. Thank you guys for listening to this episode about Ask Mind and Body. I know it was a short one today, but I just wanted to share some seeds of wisdom from your fitness girly over here. I will see you all next time. If you have any suggestions of what you would like me to talk about on another solo podcast episode, hit me up and you can find me at Badass Mind and Body on Instagram or The Bubbly Badass on Instagram as well and TikTok. So see you guys next time. Monday.